Good evening. Welcome to Defector Review, our weekly in-depth analysis on the current news and affairs with our commentator and economist, Mr. Jargal Defector. Good evening. And I'm Namsred Zind. You can join us on Facebook, MNB World's Facebook page, and on Twitter with hashtag Jargal underscore Defector. And for today's program, Democracy Index of Mongolian Political Party 2019. What was discussed during the Bow Forum for Asia? Is exporting meat affecting its price? And let's get into our first topic about the uh, Internal Democracy Index of Mongolia Political Parties 2019. De facto Research Institute have released its second Internal Democracy Index of Political Parties from April to June 2019. The first study was conducted in 2018 by examining the latter four dimensions, the participation, competition, transparency, and financing. Goal of this study is to contribute to the establishment of responsible political parties that solves its issues openly to the public. Now let's get into our questions. Our first question is that, what are the outcomes of this year's survey? Well, first of all, let me show this Mongolian version of the two indexes. This one is for Internal Democracy Index of Mongolian Political Parties 2018, and this 19. And the Facto Institute had been organizing this survey and making this report because this is the issue of Mongolian, uh, not only political development, down the road economic development, because from the our democracy of the country itself depends on the strength of democracy inside of political parties, as political parties are supposed to be a bridge between people, society, and the state power. And unfortunately, that bridge is not working as we do expect. So the de facto institute, together with the Israeli Institute of Democracy, using their methodology, have been producing this uh, report. And this time, eight political parties out of 31 political parties uh, participated. Last year, it was two parties less, only six political parties. So we could compare six of them for two years. And two new political parties, I mean, in this research, came to the study. What do we find out? Uh, before that, if the political parties get scores less than 30, and it is non-democratic inside the party, and uh, from 31, 60, semi-democratic, and 61, 200, democratic party. And eight political, out of eight political parties, four got the, stat, the state of uh, democracy. The other four is semi-democracy. First, Mongolian Green Party, Mongolian People's Revolutionary Party, Democratic Party, and Labour National Party. Those polit four part political parties are democratic. Semi-democratic is Mongolian People's Party, which is ruling party now, Mongolian Patriotic Party, and then Truth and Right Party, and 
citizens, people's will party. Those four political parties have semi-democratic status. If you compare six of them with the last year, a year before index, then Mongolian People's Revolutionary Party have increased their score. Uh, People's Party also for nine, and Labour Party for twelve, and People's Party for seven. Uh, patriotic Party have decreased the index, and Civic Will Party also have increased. So basically, there are four, four measures we have checked, and let me brief you about the main points of this. First, participation. How much the political party members participate in the major decision-making process? They are, the political parties were active in 2019 because there were announcement of the re-election in constituency number 42 in Hinti Ayamak due to absence of another um, uh, parliament member uh, who was uh, left the political, uh, the parliament member due to uh, crimes he made. Uh, but uh, that's why the political parties were very active. Uh, <clears throat> however, there were substantial lack of uh, debates on major political issues, party policy in Mongolian political parties, in particular in formulating their strategy policy. There's very little discussions inside of the political parties in terms of participation. In terms of representation, a polit does political party, it does a political party represent whole layers of the society, whole segments of the society, in particular in the case of our women. Yeah, there are some quotes, but it's very formal, and they, they don't follow their quotes, uh, submitting the candidacy of female candidates to, say, uh, also a parliament member, membership, uh, election, etc. In terms of uh, competition inside of the political parties, that's a major issue both political, two political parties ruling, two political parties have a problem. In 2019, Democratic Party had spelled out uh, Mr. Batsandang, parliament member, because his different opinion and views. And the same happened with uh, Mr. Munk Chulung, who was a rep uh, city representative of People's Party. He, against the decision of the ruling body of uh, People's Party put his candidate, candidacy on election of uh, the mayor of the city, on, uh, who was uh, replacing the mayor, before the mayor, and he he was expelled from the political party, not following the instruction of the ruling, the the, the heads of head units of the political party. And this clearly shows that there is a very lack of competition inside of the political party in both ruling parties, Democratic Party and the People's Party. So there are still lots of small details. And how, what were the difficulties while conducting this uh, survey from you? Because generally information about the political parties are very secretive and uh, kind of closed to the public. Even the pub, uh, party members themselves do not know the full information about it. So how did you 
manage this? Indeed, it was very difficult because uh, we have requested our political parties to at least to send their rules, charter, and some reports about their financing, which was impossible. Uh, however, we also approached the Supreme, Supreme Court of the country, who, which is supposed to uh, run uh, after the political parties, uh, they report their financing, etc., by the law of political parties, which they never do. We have passed seven elections, but the Mongolian Supreme Court never made sure that political parties made a right uh, report on their financing on time. Within, uh, I think, a month after election, they're supposed to have that report after uh, independent auditing, which this time we have seen independent audited, independently audited political party financing report in case of a Labour Party and Mongolian Party of Greens. These two political parties show an example of reporting their, uh, their uh, financing, for example. And we requested also, we sent a letter to Supreme Court to inform us, to give us the charter of the political parties, to which within two weeks, as uh, law requires, they replied. They said that the legal entities in Mongolia, information about the legal entities of the Mongolia cannot be delivered to the third party without the written form, written permission of those political units, entities. The Supreme Court clearly forgets that the political parties are not exactly legal entities in the general broad system because this entity is the only institute that has a state power after uh, democratic elections. So we were not able to receive. However, out of eight political parties, five of them have on websites where they have put their uh, regulations and charter. Three of them not. Even uh, the new party, right, and uh, just party, they did not even uh, give us the charter because they said that another political party is more with a copy of these their rules. So that's very pity. And still, the political parties, as such institutions, are not completely transparent. So we have to get on with our next topic, but you, could you answer this last question for this topic very briefly? Like, what kind of changes does the political parties need to make to become that bridge between the people and the government? Well, that's the whole issue. This is the whole point of this report of the Index of Internal Democracy of the Political Parties. What do we miss in uh, political parties in Mongolia is because political parties are a bridge between people and state, society and the state. Instead of being a bridge here, they become a bridge between state power and the, the oligarch company who is financing them. So in order to make sure the political parties do their own job, the people, the society from outside and party members from inside must demand full democracy, full transparency of their financial activity, all activities to the public. Only in this case, we will make sure, as a democratic system, make sure that don't be involved, they are not involved in uh, corruption. As today, Mongolian political parties are corrupt. As we see, we don't see there how they 
are financed, they keep it secret, and they do what the, those who is financing them. They do laws specially for them. So that's why we must change our attitude to the political parties. Okay. So on to our next topic. The BOA Forum for the Asia was organized in Ozambat. This, uh, this year marks the 17th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between China and Mongolia. Mongolia is one of the initiators of the Boawa Forum, which is dedicated to promoting Asian countries to achieve common development through further integration of regional economy. And uh, the first event of this forum was uh, the Osambatu Conference. It was organized on the 20th of August. Over 10 countries, including Mongolia, China, South Korea, and Pakistan, as well as over 300 delegates from the government and private businesses, delegates have participated in this forum. So, which was a really big forum. And our first question about this was that, what is the significance of this forum? Well, as we know, there is a Davos World Economic Forum. This is the Asian version, started 2000, uh, 2001. And now, since that, many countries who were initiating this uh, uh, forum is uh, hosting the each annual forum uh, following each other and this time in Mongolia. And uh, as you said, some 300 participants, the people discussed many issues, uh, also the issues that Mongolia suggested, which, is, which includes, for example, business opportunity in Mongolia, or road of development, and the road and belt initiative, etc., etc. Another a big dialogue and talk, which we need, of course, not only bilateral, uh, dialogues, but uh, multilateral, this kind of dialogue is important for development, for solving many common issues in the region, in the world, actually. And as you see, uh, the fun of former General Secretary of, Secretary General of U, uh, UN, Ban Ki-moon, who is the head of that Bio-Asia Forum, uh, was in Mongolia. He talked about the trade protectionism, trade war that is hindering uh, that makes uh, the many countries go back from globalization and that the growth of populism and protectionism that is uh, creating another economic issues after 10 years of last financial crisis. And he also uh, told that because of these problems, there are many issues keep remaining unsolved, like uh, nuclear security, uh, geopolitical conflicts, terrorists, actions, and migration. All this of the many issues are staying unsolved. He talked about that, also global climate, etc. And uh, they, they discussed the issues we face as a country, as a region, as a world. Uh, it was another good occasion to discuss, but however, to talk. And however, Mongolian, of course, uh, society expects not only talk, uh, but some real deed in particular when we talk about the road and belt initiative corridor concept in between China and Russia to have a pipelines from Russia of natural gas, uh, oil, elect electricity, cable, the most importantly, railroad development, which many dialects, now three presidents are meeting of three countries every year, talk a lot. But nothing is done so far, so the society 
weights not only talks but we need some deeds some work uh, how does this event actually af um, affect the effort to strengthen our country's status uh, in the region so does this really affect for our well, country strengthening country stat status country status is uh, something that where if your people leave in better conditions then that's what is the status of the country about and it's first of all economic issue in particular for mongolia which has no any border issue with our two neighbors so uh, out of all this dialogue how much our economic development depends or how much the economic really grows so this issue stays uh, unanswered uh, up to now that's what the, the general observation will be but however of course we need this kind of uh, multilateral talk about the issues otherwise if we don't talk not not there is no understanding no understanding no trust so we go slowly to that directions so as you said uh, this uh, we need deed not only talk so what kind of works were implemented as a result of this forum in mongolia especially well, you don't expect immediately any result from this kind of forum, but uh, you more clearly understand the positions of each other on particular issues. Issues are changing every year, and the, the security threat is different. Economic conditions are different. In particular, our the largest economic trade partner, China, is now in the war, trade war with the U.S., which down the road will also be reflected in the Mongolian economy because depending on the export what China does the our export of uh, supply supply of coal and copper also will de de uh, defend depend so let's see what kind of uh, economic consequence will be following after this event okay so on to our third topic the prime minister noted that Mongolia should not export meat while we haven't fully satisfied the domestic demand. Uh, Mongolia has over 66 million livestock, but price uh, for one kilogram of meat is around 14 to 16,000 tugruks, and people are very frustrated by this high price. And uh, during the last week's special commission meeting, Prime Minister said to the uh, Minister of Agriculture and Light Industry, Ozan, that he will be responsible if the meat prices increase again. So. Personally responsible. Personally responsible for this. And uh, our first question about this is that uh, it is said increase of meat prices are due to the lack of regulations from the government. And uh, can the government really control prices? No. Like, it's cannot. something very socialist thing. No, it cannot. It is a hangover of a communist centrally planned economy ideas. And still, unfortunately, it keeps staying stronger in Mongolia. And this time again, they want to. Uh, government, state, the prime minister orders the minister Ulan to keep the price, and he said, "While we the domestic market is not supplied properly, you cannot export the meat." In spite of the request of Mongolian governments of all time uh, from the two neighbor countries to buy our meat, and finally they started to buy our meat which is shown, for example, we now export, say, 2017, 2018, uh, 600 uh, tons and then 1.1 thousand tons increase 
uh, almost twice increase of uh, beef export to uh, export of Mongolia. But our largest pie of export of meat is uh, uh, the horse meat from 26,000 to 32,000 compared to 17 with the 17. So as you see, 90% uh, of our meat export so far is horse meat. But the concern of the people is the beef price increase. Uh, as we talk, speak about now, it is at the level of 15,000 two weeks per kilo of beef, which is around six US dollar, which clearly shows that Mongolia started to be open economy in terms of beef. And the, the, no surprise because now China has uh, six companies registered and certified from Chinese government to export meat from Mongolia. All these six companies are two in Ovsaimak, one is Hupsukul Aimak, three is in Zafhang Aimak. All these factories, meat plants, processing, slaughtering, slaughtering, and cutting and storing. These companies can export now. It's certified by Chinese authorities. And we have total 29 companies that can export all type of meats to Russia, 27 to China. The six is about only beef that we now increase. We talk about the increase of uh, people discontent is coming with the increase of beef price in Mongolia. And now the who is Mr. Prime Minister is saying that, that we should not export meat while the so expensive uh, domestic beef is becoming. Which kind of cannot solve the issue because this is exactly, since it's becoming the market open, it's a supply and demand issue. Uh, another, thing, another thing is, because it's a large, huge country, vast territory, nomads live very sparsely, and people before was buying from them, going there, buying from nomads, then they're bringing to Lambatar, slaughtering, and they were selling to the market. Now what's happening is in the major Western IMAX. By the way, Mongolian Western IMAX are most healthy in terms of health of the animals. A place where these, our two neighbors are buying now meats directly. So that causes supply shortage in Ulaanbaatar, which increases the price, very simple. And it uh, looks like nobody can stop it. So is the increase of meat prices really connected to the export? Yes. And it will be open. And the Mongolia now also, uh, where do we export? According to the customs information for 2017, we have export 560 tons of beef to Russia. But the most, as I said, the most uh, export is uh, of uh, horse meat, which goes to China, Russia, Kazakhstan, Japan, 25,000 tons. Then we also sell uh, lamb to Iran and Qatar. It is in halal way prepared meat, which by the way, you keep increasing, they are taking it by plane. So total export of Mongolia for 2017 was 28,000 meat, which not that big. Uh, however, it is already causing increase of domestic beef price. That, but people say that it is the middlemen who you know, control these increase in price. The, the people who bring the, that meat 
to yes, this city. Yes, th that's they are blaming the brokerage people, brokering who is brokering the meat. But however, thanks to this broker or the middleman, we have a meat on our table. Otherwise, who is going to collect all from all this herds? Uh, because we don't have a larger farm. Every household is nomadic family, and they follow they follow better pasture land. As a result, it is 20, 30 kilometers in between two herdsmen. But somebody is the needs price to go they are, and collect. They are adding is actually like adequate because people say that it is really too much. Uh, actually, the cost of transportation delivery is very high, and now there are many middle persons. They, there is own competition, and the result, the local, the last price we buy meat is the result of the competition of the middlemen. So the more we have better logistical infrastructure in Mongolia, which is very expensive, until that we need to rely, we have to rely on those people who are collecting. However, the logistics system has been changed because now in the Western amongst their own clusters of meat processing plants that directly export to China or Russia. That is changing the composition of uh, the, the market in Ulaanbaatar, which is in the middle of the country. And down the road, the more that we have healthy herds, veterinary conditions are better, I think the same will be in the eastern part of Mongolia. So you know, on two sides of Mongolia, we have a large market. And from those areas, those markets are, the, the, from those Western and Eastern uh, zones, the export is cheaper because the prices, uh, the transportation cost is cheaper. So down the road, we, we have to agree with the price, what's going on. And now if uh, people, certain people cannot afford the meat, then it is a different issue. That's the supplying with the meat, those who cannot afford the current price. That's a separate program. But overall, the price today is market price. I mean, nobody can, for long run, to change it uh, other the, than market. The livestock count says that it is increasing every year. But, but the price is you know, also increasing with it. And, yeah, I do agree. 66 million we have herds. Out of it, we have 27 million goats and 25 million ships. Ship. So the, the cows and the horses, camels are relatively smaller part. And 10% of this whole herds, are 10, 10 to 15%, are used or consumed domestically. But the more now we have export of meat, the price will go ahead, higher. Uh, the only issue if the herdsmen get this benefit from that or not. Unfortunately, today, this is not the case. But uh, the more we have the infrastructure development, the value chain distribution of value will be more equal. That, which means, at the beginning, on the upstream, uh, the herdsmen will receive relatively higher price down there, or the more we have competition, then it will be faster. I see. So that is all the time we had for today. Thank you for watching De Facto Review. We will see you next week with more topics. See you later. Thank you.